I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. And, man, on this episode, man, I have somebody who I really respect, but I haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and talk with. Um, we've all, I think we've always kind of seen each other in passing, uh, but we never really got a sense uh, of who the other one was. And I'm looking forward to just getting the opportunity to sit down and talk with him, man. He is definitely one of the uh, hip-hop influencers uh, for Duval County and the South in general, man. And I'm excited to get uh, an opportunity to sit down and talk with Terrence Tyson is on the line. How are you, Terrence? I'm good, man. What's going on with you, sir? Man, that man is in... Golly, I mean, how long has it been? At least six, <laughs> six seven years, something like that. Because I got out of I got out of the industry in 10. So, yeah, it's been a minute. February, February 2006. That's when I got started. So, right at, right, just after 11 years. Oh, golly. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to sitting down and chatting with you, man. Now... I obviously made sure that I did some research on you and things like that, and and I saw that you're uh-huh. you're originally from Greenville, North Carolina, so you grew up in the Carolinas, Florida, and New York City. Can you talk a, a little bit about uh, how that kind of movement impacted you, and what growing up in all those different environments did for you and your point of view as a person? The in Greenville, North Carolina, like when I when I was living there, it was basically just. It was nothing but farmland. It was nothing but nothing but soybeans and cornfields and this this whatever whatever kind of agriculture they had, they grew it in Greenville, North Carolina. Right. Now it's it's a little more developed now and um and it's you know, it's like I haven't been home I've been home in like years but it's <laughs> but from what I understand it's like it's really been built up like mm-hmm. like a lot, lot. But um but like to kind of get back to the question like yeah Greenville as like when I was eight years old my mom first took me to New York City okay and the, the difference was so like it was so massive it was so like it was such a such a big change from what I what I had been used to like you know being all the time right so it was like going from nothing but cornfields and and you know like like the the the, the one the one road where it's like the the one intersection where the light only blinks yellow. Were you Charlemagne the God in, in uh, Greenville, South Carolina? <laughs> I mean, sorta. It's like I mean, once like, to South Carolina. I've, I've, yeah, I've listened. I've listened to the story, and it's like, yeah, it's like it does definitely a lot of similarities. Um, like, but then going there, like starting from eight, and then nine, ten, eleven, like just spending summers with my dad, and you know, just going like you know just like being in that being in that element it really like it really shows you like it shows you like how like how Greenville like it was very slow and like very like you know like everybody spoke to everybody and such and such and such such. but in New York City everything is fast and everything is like it moves like it moves like uh, it moves moves 100 miles an hour and it never stops it's like it, it goes all night long um and it's like it's just you know it just it just really opened my eyes and made my world a lot bigger. 
from a young age, from a young, understandable age. Right. So that's where that's why um, that's why I, I really I'm a real big fan of travel. Mm-hmm. I'm a real big fan of um, you know, I'm a real big fan of um, exploring new destinations and exploring new things. Um, like, but when I, but yeah, but I used to come to Jacksonville when I was when I was a child too. So cause my aunt and my my aunt and my cousin lived here. Okay. And I used to I used to come here like, and you know, it was a lot of fun because you know Florida is hot, it's sunny, it's hot at night. You get a beach. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it was never hot at night in the Carolinas. Like I don't care what time of the year it was. It was like it was always cool at night, but. um but yeah, you come down here and it's like it's warm at night. It's just like it's just it's, it's really you know it's a really big a really big thing. Um, but it really it just showed me like the different levels like in different the different cultures in each place. So it was like I I I really appreciated it. Like I can I appreciated it then, but I really appreciate it now. Right. Now, I'm just trying to get, you know, get the overall perception of, of how you grew up. So I saw I heard you say that, you know, you used to visit your dad in New York. So your parents weren't together. No, like my no, my mom and dad were they were together early on. Right. They were never married, but they, they were together early on, like 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 before I was born, mm-hmm. like around the time when I was around the time when I was born. But they were never like but then they went their separate ways. But they, they don't they never they never disliked each other I say it like that right well, that's like, they just they just you know they just went their separate ways and realized like, that they weren't was, supposed to be together for something like that yeah pretty much it, 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 it seemed like from what I from what I've been exposed to it seems very amicable right so it's so it's just been one of those things where it's, you know I've always had a relationship with my dad and, and my mom just you know separately right so well that's definitely a positive man uh, so often in you know when black families break up and, and you know you don't have those, those relationships there anymore oftentimes one parent misses out on having a relationship with the child so that's good that you had parents that were mature enough to kind of say you know what hey it's not working out from a relationship standpoint but we still got a child that we got to raise and they did it maturely man that's something to really be committed because it don't happen often trust me right so, yeah I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate, but, you know. Yeah. I I encourage I encourage people I encourage people who do have children. I try to I try my best to tell them to stay together. You know, like just trust me. <laughs> right, right, right. Now moving through all of these variety of places, obviously you have a tremendous amount of variation on on hip hop and its sounds and you know who's popular and who's not in all of these different places and just generally what you're exposed to so what what were you listening to musically growing up uh musically like from the time i was born till about i think about nine eight or nine years old like i was i was listening really honestly because i i grew up around a whole bunch of women i grew up around like like Mm, the only the only male figure I really had around me like uh, like a lot were I had two uncles mm-hmm. and both of them were really and they were really old school so they didn't really like didn't really they weren't into hip hop like that right so the, the what I was to mostly when I was like from like all my single digit ages were like just like you know like Luther and like the Betty Wright and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like all like it was mostly R and B right but then. But then I met I met my I met my brother Zach, 
my brother's black. Um, my dad, my dad has a lot of children from a lot of different women. <laughs> like, but, um, but, but, but I met my brother Zach when I was ten. Right. And when when I got around my older brother, like he he put me on to rap music. He put me on hip hop. And the first, I mean, the very first song, very first hip hop song I ever listened to in my life was Tupac. It was Trap. Yeah, and that was that was that like from that point I was like I was like hooked I was like I was like yo are you serious like I didn't even like I like keeping it real like I missed I, I feel I feel like I missed the whole like easy E and I feel like I missed all the NWA like but, mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of did but I kind of didn't because when um because um when Minister Society came out they they had a scene where they had a scene where they had a scene where Kane was um, doing his thing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and, they, and they and they were playing like they were playing NWA Dope Man, right? Dope like, Man, Dope yeah, Man. I, I, I love that record, you know. What I'm saying? Like, I was like, I used to love, I used to rewind that part just to hear that. <laughs> like, but um, but yeah, the but yeah, it's like, but yeah, um, but yeah, from like ten on, like yeah, after 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 trap and Brenda's got a baby and like oh, I just really got, I just really got into hip hop music like Foo Snickers and you know Tribe Called Quest and who else? Um, uh. Uh, arrested development. Um, just like just everybody, just like just that when like hip hop was very like it was very natural, very like just you know very very easy going. Right. But it was, it was, but I but I, I yeah it's like I, yeah that's when I that's when I got a got a thing for hip hop music when I was ten years old. Okay. It's so funny. That, it's so funny that you said Tupac was like the first person that you listened to because, literally, like I mean, my parents were kind of the same way too. I um in my household it was Luther, it was Michael Jackson. That was the most contemporary that that, that we got. You know, you had th- the Thriller vinyl, you know, and that was that was right. the most current that you really were able to get access to back then. And then like uh-huh. 92, 93, I, f- I forget when Juice first came out, but like when Juice dropped. Okay, when when Juice came out, that's the first R-rated movie that I ever saw. I, I remember my parents going to Blockbuster to get it and it was it uh-huh. was a whole big deal. And I was I was so excited when we finally got access to that man. So I went from that to listening. To I get around, which is why like anybody who knows me and knows that like Tupac is my is my favorite rapper. Not because I think he's the greatest rapper of all time. It, it of course is Biggie, but I mean like Tupac just had a huge influence on my life. I own all of his books and everything like that. So that was funny that you said that. So right now. Obviously, in doing that research, I saw that you you have family that's from Trinidad. I grew up around a bunch of Jamaicans and a bunch of people who were from the Bahamas and Trinidad and stuff like that. So, how did that kind of shape you? That that kind of island descent. How did that impact you? Like I like I'll be the first to say it's like I didn't like my my entire family on my dad's side is from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Like aunts, aunt, uncles, cousins, even my dad himself, mm-hmm. and like. The island culture is very like it's 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 different. It's different. It's very different from American culture because like it's the food is like it's like you it's like you, you know, like, 
seen a lot more like every, every like soul food as opposed to island food is sort of it's sort of like they have their similarities but they, they have their, their drastic differences too right and uh, and the culture like I can't really like honestly keeping it real I can't really say like I, I've learned some things I've, I've learned a few things but I, I'm like like I'm not very well out because I know I wasn't like my I didn't you didn't grow up, up in the yeah. yeah I didn't come up in the culture so it's like so I'm not very 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 well versed in the culture mm-hmm. but and when I see it, when I see it, I know it, and I can, I can maneuver with it. But I'm, I'm not very, like, how can I say, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not very good at it, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all good, man. I feel you. The, the biggest thing is, as long as when you hear that that weird ass teeth sucking sound, that that. Shit, that <laughs> long as you know what's up, when you hear that, you good. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's no big deal. So, so where did you finish high school at? Was it down here in Florida? Was it in New York or the Carolinas? Yeah, it was. Um, I I finished high school here in, in Jacksonville. Where at? Um, I went to I went to Mandarin High School. Okay, you went to the school that looks like First Coast. Okay, yeah, because I went to First Coast. <laughs> Well, no, nah, I, I, I went to I went to the school that first school was modeled after. Yeah, but um, but but nah, the um, but yeah, it's like I, but I went to, I, mean, I went to, I started high school in North Carolina. Okay, I started, I did like, I did like most of ninth grade in North Carolina. Okay, and I, and I moved, I moved here at the end of the ninth, end of ninth grade. And just and finished out, but I had, like, I had been like moving back and forth to Jacksonville, like pretty much like like throughout my life, like like for instance, like when I was when I was when I was in elementary, I, like I did fourth, I did what was it fourth, I did fourth grade at Lone Star Elementary, mm-hmm. and and then I moved back to Carolina, then I moved back in middle school. I did some of six. I, I did like six and some of seventh grade at Landmark. Mm-hmm. Then I moved back to North Carolina. Then the end of ninth grade, I came back here and I moved here permanently. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I've been living here like living here like off and on like forever. <laughs> yeah, you definitely did do some traveling. So when did you, so when you finished high school, you decided to go. To the school that's not Florida A and M, which is okay. We all make mistakes. You went to Bethune Cookman. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's okay, man. It's like everybody. Like I mean, it's like I mean, Cookman. You know, we. I mean, I, I mean, I yeah. We yeah. I, I definitely went to Bethune Cookman. It's, like, it's definitely what. It's definitely the best. It's definitely the best HBCU on the planet. Oh you know, my like, god! Uh, <laughs> Stop so, with the madness, Terrence. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely the best HBCU on the planet. No question, hands down. It, it actually won a award for that though. So best HBCU on the planet. So major eye roll. So how did, did you, going did you, did you, to, how did going to this little <laughs> this little tiny HBCU shape you as a person? <laughs> It um because in as as with moving as with moving around mm-hmm. did like like as as with moving around did 
Um, going to an HBCU, it shows you like it shows you a lot of different cultures within the black community. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like 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 you said, the island culture, the American black culture. You have the African, like the true African mm-hmm. uh, culture. Yep. You have like you have like you have black kids that come from high society. You have black kids that you know like that come from the very bottom. Like, you know, sense like you have. You, you see so much diversity within the black community that it's like you know it it really it really shows you like dang it's like 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 we as black people we like you know we we are super diverse we we like there's nothing there's nothing bland about us we are like we are we are definitely like one of the most diverse cultures on the if not the most diverse culture on the planet so mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what that's what my HBCU experience like did for me. Right. Now, when were you going to BCU? I went there all of O two and all of O three. Oh, okay. All right. So you didn't finish from BCU. No, I didn't. Not even finish. All right. Me and you both. I went to I went to Florida and them for I like to say for a cup of coffee. <laughs> for a cup of coffee, I, I got I got distracted at, at late night library, the moon, the Bajas, Chubby's, right. Mount Zion. <laughs> yeah, I'm from that elk. Yeah, I, I was from that elk. I, I've told the story before many times that when I started New Blood Entertainment, man, I. Mondays was the New Blood Entertainment meetings, Tuesday the Late Night Library, Wednesday the Moon, Thursday Bajas, Friday Chubby's, Saturday Back at the Moon, and Sunday Mount Zion. And I drank every single day. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, hey, man, shoot, it's college. You're supposed to have fun. I was a professional. I used to carry little boys' crates. So, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Now, when did you decide uh, that photography was a career path that you wanted to pursue? Was it around this time? Oh my god, um, photography! I, I guess you can you can to give you to be totally honest. I'll give you the whole story. Okay, like cause the whole the whole story was um, I started photography out of basic necessity. I what started way? photography. I was at Cookman. I was broke, needed needed money, and the easiest the easiest thing in the world to do at Cookman back then was to sell weed. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It was like it was ridiculously easy, and it's like and I was like, nah, because like and it was so easy to the point that everybody was doing it. Right. So I said, nah. I said, nah. Let me try something else. So I so I took my time. Like and by took my time, I mean like I took like a couple of weeks, like, and I like I went back to Jacksonville, looked at, just went to the club, and I saw like I saw the picture booth. I saw the picture man had a picture booth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I said, all right, cool. Let me, you know, let me, let me try that. You know what I mean? I, I set my mind to it. I had a friend of mine who worked for, and he worked for, he worked for an insurance company. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and, it, and this was right around, this was right, right before the digital revolution. Right at the time, my, my friend had the, he worked with the insurance company. He, he used to get the the rolls of film, the rolls of Polaroid film. Mm-hmm. But he, he, used to, he used to get it for free. Right. He used to sell it, he used to sell, he used to sell me, he used to sell me a hundred pack for, he used to sell me a hundred pack for $50. Right. So I would so I would pay him fifty dollars like cause like back then it's like the Polaroid film was like that don't make sense it was like you you would you would spend fifty dollars 
on thirty on thirty um, you know on on three pack of thirty right. film, you know. All right, so clearly you had a friend who was a claims adjuster in order for you to get access to film. Right, right, I got right, you. Yeah, right. I used to be a claims adjuster too. Go ahead. So he, so he, um, so he gave he gave me the he gave me the um he used to sell me the film for fifty dollars. Uh, so I, that was my plug. Mm-hmm. Then I, I turn around, I sell each one for five dollars, mm-hmm. five dollars some night, ten dollars, ten dollars other night. But um. And then I had a guy. I had a guy doing um, backdrops for me. And he, you know, he charged me like crazy little prices, like fifty dollars or thirty dollars, whatever. So I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. So I was really getting it. I was really making it happen. And it started making. It's like the very first night I did it, I made I made no money. Mm-hmm. The second night I made the second night I did it. I made one hundred and forty dollars, and I was hooked after that. So I couldn't tell right. me nothing. Like right. So, but then. You know, over time, over time, it's like you know you, like you become known for that, and people, you know, people they come, you get you get steady clientele. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when, but when you're working in the club, the club, the club owners or managers, well, if they want either percentage or don't want a flat fee, I used to always negotiate a percentage. Mm-hmm. I used to always hold, I used to always hold up my end of the bargain, and. But then after a while, so, you know, they see so many people come over there, they start getting greedy and want more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And after, after a while, I literally, like, I literally, like, I just said, screw it. I just stopped cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, stopped, I stopped cold turkey. No plan, no, no, no backup, no nothing. I just stopped. Right. And I sold off sold all my stuff because like these guys were getting way too greedy and they wouldn't they were threatening not to let me in the clubs and they and they and one time they wouldn't let me in the club. <laughs> so I was like so I was like, okay cool. Let me I sold all my stuff, this and that. Bam. But then um but then the ad but that but the digital revolution started happening. Right. And I, so I said, Alright, cool, let me um let me get you know, I I was looking at I was looking at a um uh, album cover. I was looking at Matt. I was looking at Beanie Siegel, the Truth album cover. Okay. And I said, I was looking through the insert, and I was, thinking, I was like, "This is what I want to do. I want to do photography." And I did. So I started doing my research. I started doing my research. I got a digital camera for Christmas, digital camera and a printer for Christmas. And I did. I started doing my research. Um, I kept going and going. You know, I just like just digging and digging and digging. And the name that kept popping up, no matter where I turned, was Julia Beverly, Ozone Magazine. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanna, I wanna hit, I wanna hit Julia on the back end, but, but yeah, go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, I keep it's like no matter how, no matter where I dig, no matter where I go, whatever what corner I turn, it's like I keep hearing the name Julia Beverly, Ozone Magazine. So, so I started to seek her out, mm-hmm. and she's. And if you don't know her, like if you don't, if she doesn't know you or you don't know her, like she is like she is very, very hard to reach in the very beginner. Mm-hmm. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, so I went and um, so I started, so I started doing my research on like you know magazines and stuff like that, and like in doing that, I came across Hood Magazine too. Mm-hmm. Hood Magazine in Daytona because like yeah, I had a relationship with the owner. I had a relationship with the owner because I was, you know, going to school in Daytona and like, you know, just crossing paths and everything and you know, we we just we just linked up. Mm-hmm. And so from 
there, started, I started shooting with Hood Magazine first. Um, the very first, my very first time, it's like, it was pretty much like, it was like a test run, almost. Right. Um, I, I, I told, I told a friend of mine that I was going to, going to Houston for All-Star Weekend. Okay. And they were like, they were like, oh yeah, shoot, so yeah, just, um, so yeah, we got, we got some magazines for you, blah, and that. You know, like, you know, take them out there, just see what you can do. Mm-hmm. I went out there, I went out there, and it's like, first I got a picture of the magazine with Jim Jones, then with Jeezy, then Ross, then Trina, then Alan Iverson, then Bucky the Body, then Hoops. It's like, so it's like, so with all, so with that, it's like, it's, they're like, oh my God, it's like, oh, hey, yo, you did all this? Like, you know, that, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so it became, so it's like, so they, so they really wanted me to, like, you know, do a lot for them. And I did. Like, I didn't ask for any money, didn't, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, so I did a lot for them, got a lot of experience. And then I came across Julia at, like, the February, matter of fact, it was, yeah, February 2006, yeah. That's when I met Julia. At TJ's DJ's um, in Tallahassee. Went to <laughs> TJ's DJ's music conference in Tallahassee. Went to, um, I approached her, she said, yeah, yeah, you know, she gave me the same line, she gave everybody, yeah, yeah, just give me some of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's, she's the talk. Because I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, I guess since we're there, obviously tons of people have talked about Julia um, and talk about how they know her, but not a whole lot of people do. So walk me through mm-hmm. the building of this relationship and, and what she's really like to work with. <laughs> okay. Um... I started from the beginning it's like yeah, like I said she she you know just gave me the same line yeah, you know I, I sent her stuff I sent her I went out and covered events and everything to you know I went out she said send me some of your stuff she gave me a card I sent I went out and covered events and just sent her photos like emailed her photos like day in and day out and after a while, I was like, yeah, I ain't getting no response, I ain't getting no reply. Right. Uh, hey, you know, I got the stuff, but none of that. Just, okay, you know, nothing. So I was like, so I'm like, so I, so I get a little discouraged after a while, but I keep looking at the magazine, though, to make sure, like, hey, did I get one published? Did I get one published? Then I finally saw one. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, cool. It was a picture of Dr. Doom and Bodie at a party downtown. Jackson. Shout out so to Bodie. Like, this is our last episode was with Bodie. It's so funny you wrote about. <laughs> right. Shout out to Bodie, man. I just thought another day, man. But um, that was yeah. That that reinvigorated my spirit. Bam. So fast forward to May 2006, the end of May Memorial Weekend, Miami, and I and I saw and I, and I saw her. I when that's that I got. Huh. It's crazy because uh, a lady out in Los Angeles named Echo Haddock. She owns. She's a, she's the owner of Echo Echoing Sounds PR firm, mm-hmm. and she um, a friend of mine who I met in Houston plugged me in with her, and she hired me as a backup photographer for for her event she had on South Beach. Okay, um, and she hired me as a backup, but then her her main guy end up coming so she said okay cool but I'll still use you anyway right <laughs> I said cool so so with that with that um, from that at, the, at that party Julia shows up 
and Julia, like, I mean, she didn't, like I said, I, I had sent her these photos, I didn't get no, any response, nothing, just whatever. Right. But then at the party, at that party, I saw her, and she was like, she was like, yeah, you know, um, and then she, like, we had, like, a few, like, hey, how you doing, hi, you know, and then she was like, she was like, so you want to get down with Ozone? Like, just, like, out of nowhere, just like, just like, no, like, hey, I, hey, I see your stuff, you know, it's not just like, Hey, you want to get out of Ozone? Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like jumping up and down on the inside. So I was like, but I had to maintain my composure. Right. And then from there, we, we left we left that party and went down the street. And we saw Marcus T. Park. Park, Park. Um, he was a, a mile from Moesha. Okay, I got um, you. He, yeah, he was, at, he was at a party with Amber Tony and you know, a few models and a few other people. Mm-hmm. Then from there, it was like, it was like, it was just crazy after that. I mean, immediately, I mean, like, like I'm talking like three days later, three, four days later, it was coming together there in Jacksonville. <laughs> and then that's when I met, <laughs> and that's when I met Malik, Malik Abdul. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and he had the pass for me to get into Come Together Day, to cover Come Together Day. And so it was Malik, Julia, and myself. Right. We, you know, we're we're covering it from all different angles, this and that. And Malik, you know, Malik, from day one, Malik was sort of like he was sort of like mentor. They like sort of mentored me through like the whole ozone experience. <laughs> um, it's so funny when you talk about Malik because a lot of people don't know Malik well because Malik can kind of be this kind of silent figure where you're a little bit more friendly I think when people first meet you Malik can just kind of be silent not really say a whole lot just sort of stare and you can't get a real sense of what he feels or what he's thinking is that kind of a fair assessment of Malik absolutely it's like but Malik but that's by design though because Malik Malik back in the day back when my face was popping Malik had, Malik had on his on his um, tagline he said nice guy to some asshole to many and that was that was just, that, that's the way he was like and Malik is a very like he's a very for those for those that know him and for those that don't know him Malik is very he's very true to his word very yeah. very very true like very like if I say this, this is exactly what I mean it, precisely what I'm going to do like, so it's like, it's like, it's like, so it's like I'm like pinpoint accuracy this is exactly what I'm going to do like so it's like so that's um, but yeah that's who that's who Malik is like but Malik yeah um, but yeah what, like getting back to your original question though like the whole Julia Beverly experience mm-hmm. yeah Julia like very, she's very she's very direct very very like She's um, she's not she's not she's a woman of a few words. Right. She's very she's very like focused like like laser focused. Mm-hmm. She's very like I mean the work ethic like like work ethic like I can't even like I can't even describe her work ethic because like because she's like very like when like her her whole thing is she like she loves to work when everybody's asleep, nobody bothering her, nobody like hitting her up. Everybody, you know, everybody operates on nine to five. Mm-hmm. And she, she literally operates on. She operates on the opposite nine to five. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's like very like. 
You know, like like time is like it's like she's like she's in, it's like she's in a time warp, like the way she works because like, she doesn't like like I I might have seen her sleep like once, like but I've never. But she's very like she like at least back in the day when we were working on the magazine, she was very driven, very very focused, very like very um what's the word I'm looking for? How can I say like very. Um, passionate. She was very passionate about her, about her, about her project that was that that was Ozone Magazine, right? And that was like, but like the the lessons you learn, the lessons you pick up, the the way the way you see her deal with things, and the way you know, like the way she just handled life in general is like it's very it's very inspiring. It's very it's very like it's it's amazing to to watch. Now, did you get to? Were you with Ozone till the very end, or? Yeah, I was at the very end. Okay. Like from '06 to the end, like, but then it was like 2010, so it was like so. Okay. Okay. Now, there's another fi- uh, fixture from that period of time that I know is synonymous with you as a journalist, at least from a Jacksonville perspective, Miss River City. Can you talk a little bit about her, your relationship with her, and and really her impact on the culture? Because I think for a lot of folks, they they may not know how important she was to the culture. This real city is like she's seriously like she. I mean, she we we kind of grew apart. We kind of grew apart. We just like just not grew apart. Just did separate. We just did went separate paths. Mm-hmm. And that's still one. That's still one. That's still one of my real close friends. Real. Like that's one of my real close, like that's like like my ace, like you saying one of my that's one of my aces right there, like that's one of my people. Like she is like like Jim was like just she's just super super cool, like very. She's another one too. It's like her work ethic is like she's like very 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 good at what she does and very very driven. Very she's very um how can I say. What's the word? Well, she was. She's always had more, more of a thing. She's always loved to work with up and comers, whereas mm-hmm. I was always. Whereas I, I wanted to, I wanted to evolve into like, working with up and comers to establish. She was always very like you know like grassroots, very like. I want to work with the people at the grassroots level. I want to see them when they first come in. Like you know, I want to, I want to work with them that way. It's like and she, but. But naturally, people that she worked with in that element, they naturally evolved, and and she evolved with them. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, if I if I had to say, I I think she got a little burned out from just like industry BS, you know, because like she's a, she's a really good person, and she's a really good person, and she's really like she doesn't like you know, she doesn't really. I mean, after a while, all of us get burned out from. Burned out from industry BS, but yep. you know, but, she, but she's yeah, she's like but as far as the impact on the culture, though. Yeah, she's definitely like she's like she was the first person to interview Bigger Ranker. <laughs> like she's like because he, he said that all the time. He said like yeah, she was the very first person to ever interview me. Taught me how to do an interview. Right. So just like you know, just stuff like that and. Like like little stuff, like you know, she she's very very resourceful, very like you know, very crafty. What is she doing now? Um, I honestly I couldn't even tell you. Like I I spoke to her, I spoke to her a couple of days ago, but 
we, but it wasn't about work though. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, being a photographer of your stature and professionalism, you've been responsible for chronicling many memorable moments in hip hop in Florida and really all over. Uh, when you think back over the years, what are some memorable moments that were either just cool to be a part of or situations you were looking to remove yourself from for one reason or another? Because, you know, there can be those times where, like, the energy in a nightclub can be absolutely amazing and you recognize I'm a part of an experience. I have to get as many shots off as I possibly can because I'm chronicling something that's, like, not like any other Friday or Saturday night. But then there, on the flip side, there's those moments where, like, this shit finna go left. Let me get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible. Can you give me both sides of the of the lens of good and bad experiences that really stick out in your mind? All right, I can give you. I know two. I know two really good experiences I can talk about off, off the top. And they were both in Miami. Okay. And so the first one was 2007. I was on awards weekend, Miami. It was like Clyde album release party for his first album The Real Testament mm-hmm. and when I say everybody and their mama was in there every like it was more celebrities than regular people in there <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like that 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 party at Mansion was like I don't know what they pumped in the ventilation it was just like magical it was just like my god it's like everybody who was somebody at the time mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's kind of it's kind of like that party was kind of like if you saw Payton Four. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he saw and he saw the part where he said, "Yo, if you was in there, you was definitely somebody." Yep. That's that party. <laughs> That's that party. If you were in there, you were definitely somebody. That was a moment right there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like it was like I can't like I can I can't really describe it in words, but it's like I still have the photos, so it's like so that'll that could do all the talking. But another thing was. um DJ Khaled's birthday party back in 20, what was it, 20, I don't know, when was it? It was a couple years ago. Um, Khaled's birthday party where he had Wayne and Fat Joe and Scott Disick and Timberland and Kanye. And okay, if, if you're getting to that point, it had to be like 2011, 12, 13-ish. Somewhere around now. Yeah. Because yeah. you say Kanye, there was no Kanye in the we say, you yeah, know, there, there was no Kanye then. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It's like, like Kanye, this was like Kanye. Kanye was like he, he was, he was with the Kardashians at that point. Okay, definitely. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but he was. I don't think they were married yet, though. I don't know. They, they might. So been like thirteen or fourteen, him, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So him and him and Scott Disick were together. They came to the party together. Okay. And, and we're in there and it's like <laughs> so it started out bad but it ended up great it was like cause I'm like cause Khaled's assistant is like walking me walking me through the front door she's like alright cool he's good let him in mm-hmm. so I'm walking so security does that thing I'm walking through but the final girl at the end the cashier the girl the cashier mm-hmm. she's like hold up who are you and then it's like she's like who are you and it's like I was like, I'm the time for him going to buy us and that. And they just like, uh-uh, no, no, no. And after that, like, all security that just heard us say that, they forgot everything she said. <laughs> yo, I don't know, we, yo, yeah, we need to stand back out here last night. I'm like, man, are you serious? Like, <laughs> so, I, so, so, 
So I text, so I text, I text Callie's assistant. Her name is Patty. Um, and so, so I text her, and she comes back and get me. And so instead of going to the front door, we go through the VIP entrance, leading mm-hmm. straight to the VIP in the back. So I'm up there, and I'm, you know, I'm doing. Doing my thing, I'm I'm covering, you know, around Chalet and the runners and Fat Joe and right. you know Buster and everybody, anybody, somebody. So when uh, and but then come that that end of the night moment when when like Chalet gets on stage and he's on he's on the he's on the platform and it's like you got Wayne and Buster, you got everybody, you got everybody out there, Kanye, mm-hmm. Fat Joe, everybody's out there. Everybody's on there in a line, and I'm at the end of the line with my camera, and I'm like capturing this moment where it's like, "Yo, are you serious, dog?" Like, right. It's like it's, it, was, it was just crazy. Like it's like it was, that was I can't really describe it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny because I'm gonna give you a word of advice. Something that I learned a long time ago, and I learned this from Bigger. Bigger always told me. As far as those lines and as far as getting through and security and all that kind of stuff, Bigger told me one time, he said, always look like you're supposed to be there. Right. Always look like you're supposed to be there. And what he meant was, and, it, and, and what he meant was, and it's something that if you if people who have seen me go in the club now, they, they, they've seen me do this skill before. Where literally, like, as far as, like, security cashiers, things like that. You may have even seen me do this over the year. I don't even look at those people. I walk past them and I just keep walking. When they say, hey, I just keep walking. And I literally I, I look like I'm focused on something when really I'm probably just looking at the wall so that I focus on the wall and don't pay that person any fucking attention. Like, And I just look like I'm I know where I'm supposed to be going. So you can't, if you make eye contact and you make them think that they are allowed to ask you where you're going or who you are, then they're going to ask you what you're doing and who you are. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I remember, I remember Miss River City gave me that advice a long time ago too. So, but that shoot, but um, that those are two moments. That's crazy. Like, like I, I could give you a third one, but it's like now. Do you but, um, do you have a bad one? Side. Do you have a bad one? Okay. Everybody has a bad one. Awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say on the other side, uh, on the other side of that coin, um, I've been in a situation where it's like, like we <laughs> we were like I was on a run with Bigger. Mm-hmm. I was on I was on I was on I was on a promo run with Bigger. Like he was doing he was doing a promo run with some independent artists mm-hmm. and. And we went <laughs> like you like it's like you said. Sometimes you just feel the bad energy. You just know. You, you know just, it when you, you feel, feel it. it. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> so, so we're so we're in um, we're in St. Louis. We're in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. and, and like so we so we're outside and like so we we walk out after everything is over said and done. We walk outside and. So I'm, I hear this arguing like right across the street from me. So it's like, I hear this arguing and I'm like, it's getting tense, it's getting louder and louder and more and more tense and like more like F you's and fuck you's and blah and that. You know, so I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm like, and, it's, and this will happen to be this guy. <laughs> this will happen to be this guy. He was like, he was still talking to me like, yeah, man, yeah, I've seen some of your stuff, blah and that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad. Anytime somebody comes to me and say they recognize me or recognize the brand, I'm glad. <laughs> right. But 
at that exact moment, I was like, so I'm like, so he's sitting there talking to me, and I'm like, so he's sitting there talking to me, and I'm like, all right, cool. How can I maneuver when she's like in, she's in between me and that stuff going on over there? It's like, right. So he's like, so, so, and 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 before long, maybe ten seconds after, I was like, all right, cool. I got to get him in between me and this So. I know that's wrong, but it's like, well, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, all I hear is, bah, bah, bah. You know what I'm saying? So we, so we all ducking behind cars, we hear, It's like, all you hear is like, just fire and return fire. It's like, golly, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, man, that, that was, that's one time didn't, then the, I mean, literally the very next night on that same promo run, we go to we go to Memphis, Tennessee. Oh hell no! Oh hell, fuck no! Memphis, Tennessee. We had the we had the we we in the, we in the club, we in the club, and then like you know like you know it's bad when you see all the security converge on the front door. It's like I was like, oh yeah, come. This club doesn't have an escalator to get in the front entrance, does it? Huh? This club doesn't have like an nah. escalator that you have to go through to get to the front entrance, does it? No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So we walk. So we walk. So it's like, so they like, man, shoot, man, going, man, going down out there, man, man, shoot. We like, man, man, damn. So it was like, all right, cool. So we just gotta go. Ahead. We got her. We get to the car. We go to the front door. We walk to the front door. Walk to the front door. We like, all right, cool. We just gonna go straight to the car. I mean, I I think I personally I put like one step out the front door. All you like, bah, bah, bah. like everybody like go back into the club. Like it's like everybody ran back inside. So it's like, and then after you like, dang, you said bah, 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 bah. And it's like, and then it's like, so it's like, oh, man. so everybody everybody just died. Everybody scared this and that. And then after that, you see like, all right, cool, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's get to the car, let's get to the car, let's get to the car. So we run, we run into the car. As we run into the car, we only like, we're only like 15, 20 yards from the car. But as we run into the car, the police zoom by, like two police cars zoom by, like, I mean, flashes on everything, heading right by the club, right past the club. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so we, it's, they shoot here and y'all going, well? So, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was like, that's yeah. Yeah, you just, sometimes you just know. Right. <laughs> Worst time for me, real thing, 2000 and... Six. No, 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 no. It wasn't that far back. God, it, this is when Ivory had real thing. Um, so that's what, like seven or eight? No, it had to be seven. It had to be seven because I graduated from college in eight. 2007. Me and D Money are up on the stage, and we're uh, well. We're not DJing. D Money is DJing, and D Money is intentionally running every hardcore, like heavy duty. I bet you won't hit a motherfucker type record that you could possibly think of. And I just felt this energy. And even Ivory came up there and was like, "Yo, man, you might want to kind of try to pull it back a little bit, like give them something else," because it just felt like everybody was amped up, man. One thing led to another. I don't know how or who had a gun, but somebody got a gun in the real thing and started firing off. We flipped the damn DJ table over. <laughs> hiding, from, hiding from everybody. But luckily, like, I knew Anif and all of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I 
jumped off the stage to the to the left and went back into the kitchen, through the kitchen, and out that exit door that sends you right out the side over on the street that's by AT and T. And I got in my car and I left. I left everybody there. I left the equipment there. I left the money there. I left white boy there. I said, "Fuck everybody! I'm getting the fuck about of here because I'm a live." So yeah, worst night ever. I feel like I feel like I was dead at night because like, I feel like, I, I, like honestly I feel like me and Jim were there that night because like because we went there because it was a girl we know it was a girl we know and it was her birthday mm-hmm. so we said right, so we gonna stop by we gonna stop by say what's up to her on the way to another event mm-hmm. next thing you know like the next day we hear oh man I heard somebody got shot in the real chain shoot man I heard, yeah I heard a girl got shot in the foot. I'm like, might have been that same with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I'm thinking like, like, I don't know if that was it, but it's like, yeah, I was like, that sounds real familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's why, that's why I, I've been a real team. I can, I think I've been in a twice. Like, I think I've been in a two, two whole times. Right. It's, I mean, it, yeah. it's a cool environment. It was cooler when I was younger. When I was like. You know, 16, 17, 18 And I was in there You know, it is what it is I was in there before I was legal But, you know what I'm saying Like, it was a cool environment Because it was all reggae back then You know, Saturday nights Like, that was the only time I went So I wasn't familiar with anything Other than reggae So, but, you know I, re- I respect the owner I respect, you know what I'm saying What they've been able to do as black people You know, love his family Everything like that His family is very close with my family So, so yeah uh, It's a cool place, man a lot of history there. Now, um, I went through your list of celebrities that are on your website that uh, you had photographed or in some way had, you know, impacted in one way or another. And I saw that you had listed it on that list that would, you know, it has a lot of hip hop artists. You have a NASCAR artist on there or a NASCAR racer on there. But I also saw President Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Those were some unique names on that list that you wouldn't find in common with everybody else that was there. Can you walk me through about how those two situations came about? Well, um, Barack Obama, I I got credentials to cover his um, his uh, campaign. He had a, he had a grassroots campaign here. Mm-hmm. He had a grass he had a grassroots campaign here. Mm-hmm. Um, like one time when that guy when he was Senator Obama, mm-hmm. and the next time he was campaigning here and he was President Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was like that's how that's how that's how I came across you know, the president back then. Did you get to interact with him at all, or? No, I didn't. <laughs> like, he just sort of but I did. But <laughs> like, but but true story. But true story though. It's like I did get. I actually did get into that first. That when he was senator Obama, mm-hmm. I actually did get through. I actually did like get my way through security without a credential. So I was like, so that I found that more amazing than actually photographing him. But it's like, but. It was, but it was but all the same. But that's that's still saying a lot because, like, like, like President Obama back then was like, I mean, still now he's like, he's like, I mean, like a rock star, like you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, yep. Just, he's just like literally, literally, probably one of, if not the most popular person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was like, that was like, that was like, it was the honor, I was honored to, to be able to do that. Um. Bill Clinton, on the other hand, was like that was a surprise. Like it's like I've been I've been I've been starstruck a little bit starstruck twice, and that was one of the two times. And um because I was I was in Miami, <laughs> crazy. I was in Miami, and I a friend of mine from BET, um, 
uh, Lentina. Mm-hmm. She hooked me up. She, she hooked me up because that's back when BT had the SOS concert for Haiti Relief the, for the Haiti the Haiti earthquakes. Right. And and that's when they had like the star studded concert at, at AAA, and they um so it's like so Lentina made sure I got she got made sure I got a ticket to get inside. And but when I but when I came inside, I brought my camera as well. So. And so from there, it was like, I, you know, I, I saw, like, you know, that's when I first saw Justin Bieber and, you know, Queen Latifah and Coffee right. and all the people. But then as I'm, like, I'm right by the stage and they say, ladies and gentlemen, um, ladies and gentlemen, the 42nd president of the United States, Bill Clinton. I was like, what? So I was like, so I was like and I'm like, there's nothing in between us, but like the height of the stage. So, I was like, so I'm like, oh, shoot. So I just started shooting. I just started capturing images and everything, and um, and then they was like they and it was like it was just like I was like wow, it's like I'm looking at Bill Clinton. Right. <laughs> I was like it's like because I I wasn't expecting it. I was like so that's why I got a little bit starstruck with that. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny when you when you say Obama and and he had all that security because I met him in '04 and he didn't have any security. He came up to Tallahassee. Um, I guess uh, yeah. He came up to Tallahassee on the campaign trail um, with uh, who was it? Kerry, John Kerry was running that year. He came up there for that, and literally, this is exactly how the story went down. And I talk about it on another one of my episodes, like right after, right after uh, Obama, you know, was about to come out of office and Trump was coming in. I I did like a quick podcast just talking about Obama. They can check it in the archives. Thanks, Obama, but. I had um like I got a phone call saying that there was some senator out on the basketball court just like shooting hoops with some of the kids at fam. So I got in my Kia and I went around there and just sure enough this guy had his sleeves rolled up, had on slacks and was just shooting jumpers. And you know, just shooting the shit with some kids. I, I can't say whether or not there was Secret Service or security there. I ain't seen them if they was there, <laughs> you know. Cause right. they, you know, you know how that go. But um, then he sat down on one of the benches and he smoked a cigarette and he just talked. It was only like eight or nine of us there. It wasn't a whole lot of people, and he just talked to us about accountability, regardless of you know circumstances and stuff like that. You know, like stuff that you would probably hear a successful black person say to a bunch of young black young black kids you know at HBC so but I just thought that that was cool like I, you know at that point this is 2004 I had no sense of this guy's gonna be president of the United States in four years you know what I'm saying so but right he's a, he's a really charismatic and dope dude like I mean like I, for somebody who I had never met before and had no sense of oh this man's gonna end up being president one day I I was kind of in awe of everything that he says because because of the way he talks. You know, he kind of talks with that kind of swagger, but like he carries over his words into the next. So like you can't get distracted or disinterested in what he's talking about because he carries each word into the next. So yeah, he amazing person, really amazing person for the the little bit of time I got to spend with him. Now in in 2010 you started your own website. What made you decide at that point in your career that having your own website was something worth doing? And was there anyone who advised you to do it? Um, actually, like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be totally, I'll be 110 honest with you about the whole thing. Um, I uh, 
that went on. Like the Diamond Awards, the Diamond Awards used to like back when I when, back when I was eligible to win Diamond Awards. Like um, you're not anymore. That, like, I don't know much about the Diamond Awards. Nah, nah like it's like I, I won like. Like, he told me I won too many times so I was like, so like nah this is wrong <laughs> but um but one well, one year in particular I think it was 2009 and 2009 I I, I had prepped and I had <laughs> like because the, the Diamond Awards are early in the year they're like March, April mm-hmm. so 2009 because I, I had worked like crazy like I had worked like very very hard like you know what I'm saying I was like Going out to everything, this and that, and I had, and I had my, I like, I'm talking about, I had a speech prepared and everything, like, cause I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna win. There's like no, there's no doubt about it, like, you know? um, but then, but then I, but then I didn't win. Oh wow! And I was like, who won? So I was like, I was like, uh, Terrence Armand. Like that's my, that's my, that's my God. <laughs> That's my, that's the my person college. that people who don't know anything about photography confuse you with. Yeah, yeah he's he's, an, he's 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 another photographer here in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, a really good photographer too. Um, we um, so like at that point, I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "I like, I was like, I was, I was like, because it's like I guess because like I was so I was so ahead of myself already because I was like, like I said, yeah, I got this. I'm gonna win this blah and that." I had a little speech prepared. I had on like I wore my Gucci scarf and like, just, like you know, I, just, I just really I just really went all out like you know what I mean. Right. But then but then when I didn't win, it like it like it like okay like it's kind of like that that Gatorade commercial you be watching now is like what fuels you defeat. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like so after that I just like. I really got on one. It's like I was like I was just like okay, cool. I was like okay, like because I like it was, there were reasons why I didn't win, but it's like it wasn't because of anything I did. Mm-hmm. But um, but the but after that though, it's like I was like okay, cool. Like I gotta, so I'm just gonna. I just like laser focused. Like nothing and nothing else in the world mattered to me at that at that time. The rest of that year, nothing else mattered to me. And but was to like you know, like prove I, I was on the proving ground. I had to prove I was the best. Like I'm, I am the best photographer. Period. Point blank. No, no questions asked. Like and so, on while I while I was doing that, um, I was like you know I spent a lot of time in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I saw ATL pics, and I was like, how did they how did they get their pictures out? Right. How does everybody? How does everybody post a picture with ATL pics on it? But then, um, then uh, Malik, one of my mentors, mm-hmm. he, he was saying he was he was suggesting that yeah, you should do something like you should do like do like Jack Knight pics or 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 something like that. Like you know what I'm saying? So I said I went through all these I went through all these different variations of names like trying to come up with something. But then I was like, no, nah, let me just use my name. I know that makes it narrow. But let me use my name. Just right. let me use Terrence Tyson. Right. So I created TerrenceTyson.com, and after that, shoot, I just I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked to to get that to get that get that that website out there. Right. And it's been like it's 
from and after that I won a few more Diamond Awards and after that it was like okay cool you good now you're we, we get we get it okay so it's like so just <laughs> we're, you know, so that's just, all right, like push, push the brakes a little bit alright so, but yeah it was um but yeah it's like yeah I, um like I created it I created it because I really did want to create a platform like cause, because like Ozone Magazine that's where everybody went before social media everybody really went to Ozone Magazine to get their photos yeah, ozonemagazine.com me too and um and so I just I kind of I, I took from that formula I took from the ATL picks formula and I was motivated by that loss so yeah I um I really yeah, that's where I really you know that's where that's where it all comes from and like I said you know Malik Abdul he you know he you know helped he you know he helped plant the seed to make that happen okay nobody else <laughs> like 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 what <laughs> I just want you to know Grand Prix is going to kill you because he's like that nigga better say my name <laughs> oh shit I literally I literally I, I tried to set it up I swear to God Pri when you listen to this I just want you to know I tried to set it up and he didn't <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Grand Prix man. Right now, man. Pri is like he's Pri like yo Free is like the ultimate grinder, man. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you don't get. I hope you don't get back. Hold on, wait a minute. As a matter of fact, before it was like one nineteen. I said, got, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was one oh eight in my time. I'm on Central Time, so two oh eight your time. I said, I said, got, uh, got any Terrence Tyson stories? I said, I'm interviewing him uh, at three p.m. He said, when you bring when you bring up uh, when you bring up names, make sure you do Miss River City and um, ask him about TerrenceTyson.com. He better say I told him to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So, hey, man. I just want to just want to throw that out. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about Grand Prix and your relationship with him. Uh, Grand Prix, like man, he's like man. We were I'm talking about from day one. It's like we we used to attend all the TJ. We attended all the conferences that gave away all the free information, mm-hmm. and we we just so happened to be two of the people. From those that that was there for there for that purpose, mm-hmm. we went we went to those things. We went we actually we actually wanted to grind and like you know build our names up and get into this into this industry like that. Now it's like I'm doing I'm still doing photography. He's working with Trap Beckham like and they're like all over the place. Like he's really like he's really like getting his executive shoes on. Like really like just like doing his thing. Like you know Trap. This trap is like I mean, <laughs> like it, it seems like whenever he wants to, trap will give you a hit, and mm-hmm. like and I know that, and I know he, and I know that I know he's being guided by Pre. So it's like so. Shout out to Grand Prix, man. That's my that's my that's my brother right there. Man. He was telling me about how how you and uh, Miss River City uh, used to give him passes. You, you would slide him your press pass in order to get him into a lot of events. Yeah, like, we like we like that's that's the thing. Back when it was like it was back when it was fun. It was like man, we used to sneak into like ninety percent of stuff we went to. Was like, right, we used to, like, like we like we like it just. 
some some people some people you just some people you just know from the journey. Some people some people some some people you recognize some people from the journey, but other people like they were you feel like were actually on the journey with you. And Pre is definitely one of those people. Right. Yeah, he's um he's an amazing human being. Um, I don't know if you know how involved he was in everything that I did, but like um, Grand Prix was very much so. I guess kind of like the secret agent of New Blood Entertainment because I mean I, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that we didn't particularly get along with everyone uh, that was probably a byproduct of me <laughs> I, I was uh, I, I don't know Terrence how would we describe me in, in my younger days uh, very divisive <laughs> is probably a fair assessment yeah. of me you didn't you didn't you didn't know you didn't know who to trust I, I, that's, that's how I look at that man it's like okay cool you didn't know who you're like who's who like alright cool who's on the side who's not alright cool but, I, I was, I was it's, a it's, very it's, divisive character in my younger days <laughs> hey man that's true but nah it's but it's funny it's like it's like cause like cause I, it's like cause I remember like they knew like cause like I said I went through a bunch of variations of names, like and everything. So it's like, so it's like, so I, I remember you had new blood, and at the same time, I was, I was trying to push new breed, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, I was like, nah, new breed ain't gonna work, man. Because like, eventually, new was gonna turn old. So I was like, eh. I just said I just went with my name So but yeah, yeah. But I Yeah I, I definitely remember New Blood ENT man That's true <laughs> <laughs> Yes and, and to your point From the earlier question And how you brought up The Diamond Awards Don't feel bad uh, Billy never gave me one either, and 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 I, and I don't think I and I've said this before, and even Grand Prix talked about it when we did his podcast. I think he was like on episode two. Um, I was probably the greatest street team over over a three year span from like 2006 to like 2008. There was nobody better than me, and I never got a diamond award, so I ain't losing no sleep about it because you know my check's still cleared, so it was all good. Exactly. <laughs> That's what, and that's what, and that's what, that's what I tell everybody now. It's like I was like, man, don't, don't, don't let, don't try to let the the award define you. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like I don't care how you look at it. It's like it's cool. It's it's a cool thing to get a diamond award. It's like because like because that's the, like but but to even be nominated though, it's still cool because like it's because it's showing that people are people recognize you. People recognize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like with that, it's like yeah. So like. Man, shoot, like, yeah, don't, like, I, like I tell everybody who, like, who doesn't win one, I just say, man, shoot, don't, don't let define you, shoot, use it a few, <laughs> like I did, so, like, so, just, just, you know, just do that. 100%. Yeah. Now, I got out of the industry right around the time you started your website, so I'm, I miss out on a lot of things that you've done since like 2010 2011 so walk me through some of what you've been doing over the past five years or so and, and i see in your facebook intro you were listed as a husband a snapchat filter maker and a social media manager on your list of jobs and i don't think that that was all there five years ago so talk to me no, a little bit about what's been going on like after um like from 2010 it's like it was just man it was just like Back then, back then, it was just, it was all, it was all like, all I wanted to do was make the website better. Right. That's it. It's like nothing else existed. Like, I mean, of course I had a personal life, but 
but as far professionally though, it's like the only thing that matter was like getting that name, that website out there. And that's the and um I use like like I used to live and breathe ten seconds like, I still do. It's like I just like you know, I just like it's just like the last five years though, like it's just been a constant evolution because like because times and like the way we the way we the way we consume information, the way we the way we move, the way we the way we live now, everything is like it changes as we it's evolving. Mm-hmm. And because like everything was more like, okay, cool. You had you had uh like social media the presence of social media, like it's been there since like the presence of social media has been there since like oh two, oh three. Mm-hmm. It's been there for a while. Yeah, but it, it really kicked up that, probably in our as as all of us who because we're all right around the same age. Me, you, Grand Prix, River City, we're all around the same age, and probably right. our early twenties is the MySpace era is when it really picks up. But go ahead. Yeah, so we um, but we were we were in the industry. We were in the we were in the age where it's like okay, cool. We're we we had this thing, and we didn't we don't. We, we were using it for our own devices and you know, our own personal gains and stuff like that. But at the same time, we didn't, we weren't really monetizing it and really right. like learning. We just knew, we just knew, we knew what it was and how to use it, but we didn't know why we were using it. Right. And now it's like, it's like, it's like social media has become like it's, it's like in a real like acceptance phase, like to the point where it's like social media is doing to is doing is doing to TV what TV did to radio. And and right now it's like we like over the last five years we just I just I just transferred from like like okay working doing the doing nothing but photography but then that leads into okay cool like this like like how can I, how can I put it like make it a short story you don't have to make it short it, make it as long as you want all right cool um so. It went from over the last five years. It went from creating a website. That website spawned uh, spawned an iOS app. Uh, the the from there from there it went from it went to people like people were seeing what I was doing, and they wanted me to be a part. They want to be a part of be a part of their campaigns. So I started. So I started embedding myself people started embedding me into their into their um into like the the grand scheme of their of their plans i.e like club club owners want you to you know club owners want you to like you know want to have you on retainer and you know they want to they want to do more than just photography they want they want you to help get people in the club and get people like you know so and then it, and then from there it's like just like just a constant just a constant just non-stop learning and it's just non-stop learning and it's just um, from there it goes to like okay cool the different types of social media yeah Snapchat the you know it's like Instagrams like you know what I'm saying it's like like it was like it's just like just learning just like like it's not non-stop learning over the last five years mm-hmm. and but you, you know, but you learn like you, you know, you get into you get into every you dig into everything and try to try to master what you can. 
but yeah, five, over the last five years, it was like it's been just a constant evolution. Okay. Now, how's the how's the app going? What's the name of the app? Because I I saw a YouTube video about it, but no one said the name of the app. So, does it still exist? And what's the name of it? Oh no, it's like I ha- I had it. I don't have it anymore. It was, it's the Terrence Tyson app. Okay. Well, it is basically an extension of my website. Whereas, like instead of instead of having to go to Terrence dot com, you can just go to the app mm-hmm. and view all the photos from there. Okay. What made you take it down? Um, just. Like I didn't know how to monetize it yet, mm-hmm. so but I but I'm but I'm figuring but I I think I figured it out. So it's like so it should be back pretty soon. Like back in new and improved. I got you. I got you. Now, yeah. um, as the eyes of the hip hop scene, uh, I have to ask you your thoughts on the current hip hop scene. You got Cash uh, still out there doing his thing. Swords is still working. Tokyo Jess is with Grand Hustle. Young Trap or Trap Beckham is with Def Jam. Belize is working and touring with Bigger Rankin. What are your thoughts on them and just the the hip hop scene in Jacksonville in general from the eyes of the person who kind of has photographed a lot of it and really kind of Hell, you you even recorded some of the first interviews for some of these people. Like, I mean, there's a there's an interview uh, floating around uh, on Tokyo Jets from one of her first mixtapes. So, kind of, what are your thoughts on yeah. on those artists and, and the scene in general now? Well, starting with Cash is because Cash is the first person that I met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a young Cash from Jacksonville. I he was one of the first person. I'm, he was one of the first people I met in the music industry and he was one of the people that pointed me to Julia Beverly mm-hmm. um so they he, have a great relationship so Cass, yeah Cass is, Cass is, he's a he's a really he's a really good dude he's a really awesome guy like like I mean I know I like not just myself but I know some I know some people right now right this instant who are like very well off that said if like they told me personally that if Cass came up to them right now asking for their last he, they would give it to him because because of the stuff he's done for them. Like he's like he's a real he's a real awesome guy. Really, um, like like very very giving, very like you know very willing to share guy. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. not a great guy at all. So, so, so he's um yeah, Cash is uh, he's he's a really good dude and like his like he was going through he was like from what I from what I witnessed from the outside looking in, like it seemed like he had his situation with SRC. And things kind of fell through, so he got out of that contract and got with T Pain. Right. And he's had a he's, he's had a relationship with T Pain ever since. Like I mean, it's like, but they had, but from what I understand, they had a relationship way before, even before T Pain was signed. Mm-hmm. So that would be correct. Like it's just one of those. It's just one of those things come full circle. And you know him being him being the guy who is like that's what you know that's that's the karma he's got. Like you know, what I'm saying that's a good karma he's got. And you know he looked out for people in the beginning, and they came back around and looked out for him. So that's 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 young cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's oh go ahead, you can do uh, sword. Yeah, sword. I, I, I go sword. Sword is like still. I mean, even to this day, sword is still one of the best pure rappers like that our city has really ever seen. Like I mean, it's like I just I don't understand why I don't understand why he hasn't had like two or three major label deals by now but but Swords is like like I mean just skill wise he's like like I said Swords is like one of the like he's just the, one of the best pure rappers period like I mean he comes from that same cloth like a meat meal like battle rapping and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's like so 
it's like it's like so that lets me know right there. It's like if if Meek did like I mean Swords Swords should have been able to do it. So it's like but yeah, but like still though it's like like I like yeah, I don't like it's it's kinda hard to say somebody can out rap Swords, you know what I mean? So but he said, but he's doing, but he's been doing the thing on the acting tip. Like he's really like evolved, evolved, evolved his brand right. into you know, like into into other parts of media. You know, just like with the TV shows and the and the skits and the movies and stuff like that. Like he's really like he's really he got his acting bug. Like you know, <laughs> really like you know, shopping in acting shops. Um, Belize, Belize is like. He, I remember when he first got on Like when I, when I first started seeing him I really I didn't know he rapped Like I didn't I didn't know I did the exact same thing Like when I I didn't I didn't know he rapped But When But Like I mean When he, when he really got focused Like cause I think If I'm not mistaken I think we had a conversation and after that, after that conversation, I'm not, and I'm not taking any credit. I'm not saying he, I said anything to him that whatever, it, it had to already be within him. But man, he really got on one. It's like I'm talking about, like he linked with the right people. Like I mean, like he just like I mean, he's like that, like that that new that new joint he got right now. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like. But he's that's the thing. Hard. Like it's he's like, a rapper's you know. rapper, like Swords. Like he's never been without good music. I mean, because Push was dope. Like you know what I'm saying? Hello, goodbye was dope. Like you know, like when he was traffic, he was dope. Like you know, I don't I don't know. He's he's just, mm-hmm. he's just amazing to me. So, all right, Tokyo I'm, Jets. I'm really feeling that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really feeling that. I'm gonna make a move. I'm back. That's really, <laughs> that's really hard, man. Yeah. But um, Tokyo Jets, like Tokyo Jets. I, I was watching her evolution from not. I can't say from the very start, but it's like, but like I was watching her. Like Tokyo was like. I mean, she was always like she was always she was a she was always a beast. Like just like like rap wise, she was always a beast. And it's like, and she she has so she packed so much like she's like she's so small, but her lyrics hit like a truck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so she's like, and she's always she's she's always had that in her. And it's like, and that's an, that's another thing where it's like she like like her manager Josh like I like. He's always been there, like, like from what I understand. He's always been like, not from what I understand, what I've seen. He's always been there from day one. Yeah. And that's back when you know you had like Tokyo, like bigger, bigger got his hands on Tokyo, and he was like he was working Tokyo, Tokyo Jazz, and a little jug at the same time. Took him to New York, shot a music video, this and that. And like I like he doing, you know, I was doing the photo shoots for for both of them, and it's like he was really like working them, sort of like kind of like. He was working them sort of like Kanye and Twister came out together, right? And it's like, and he's like, it was like, it was like, okay, like doing a twofer. Mm-hmm. But she was, like, but you know, Tokyo was always like awesome. Like she was always an awesome artist from day one. It's like, yeah, and like, and I remember the very first her very first interview I did. Like TJ, TJ the DJ called me up and asked me to interview her and had Dre, uh, Dre Jenkins from D2R had her, had him film it and mm-hmm. edit it. I like keeping real. I like I didn't like I didn't plan for the interview. It was like it, he literally called me up and said, 
Yo, man, hey, man, hey, man, can you come, can you come to Regency Mall in Tokyo, man? Shoot, we going to be there at 6 o'clock. And it was like 4, 4.30. I was like, man, I ain't going to So, yeah, that's cool. I went over there and we, we did the interview. Like, I'm totally freestyling the whole time. That's why, like, you, you might be stammering that interview a little bit with the questions. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm trying to feed off her answers. So, there's like, <laughs> so yeah, but it was, that's like, it was just, it was just a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, the last would be Young Trap or Trap Beckham. Trap Beckham. Um, Trap, like, he, like, he, like, <laughs> But what I understand she was like he was always like he can trap like I said earlier trap can create a hit like pretty much whatever he wants to like he's gonna he's gonna create some record like that's gonna be like like he's gonna create some record that's gonna get the ladies moving just get the people moving in general and it's like I guarantee I guarantee you if a person if a person if a person from Jacksonville booked trap right now and he just he just did nothing but his songs that everybody knew then they would they would enjoy that show like because like it's like it's and it, it would be live the entire time because like because people here like used to like you play his old so you play his new stuff like it's like he just trapped like he, he just he just knows he has that it factor where it's like he can he can come up with those with those catchy hooks and he can come up with those like just like it's just, he just he just has it he just has it like and he deserves like everything that he has right now. Like you know, like he, you know, I know he's, I know he's linked up with Stevie Stacks and and Def Jam and that you know touring and like you know I was just like I was looking at Dave East Instagram the other day and I guess they they took a picture together up in New York. Like it was just like it was just it's big, man. It's like so it's like that's 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 huge right now. Cool, cool, cool. Now before I let you go, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, give you the floor to just kind of speak on um, someone who we recently lost in the in the Jacksonville uh, hip hop scene. Um, he's a brother to many people, um, huge influencer throughout the community. Derek Washington. I don't know if you guys had a relationship or anything like that, but uh, can you talk a little bit about Derek and what he meant? And Derek Washington was like, it's it's so it's so crazy how we were like because. Derry Washington, like back, like like I was saying before about TJ's DJs and um, all the conferences and everything. Like his his series, the Upstar Record Pool. That's that's that was another conference that that he did right here in the city of Jacksonville. And that's why I used to see Grand Prix. I used to see Miss River City. I used to see everybody there. And I was like, man, boy, it's like it's like it's like. I, like it wasn't as big as TJ's DJs, but at the same time, it's like it still had the same effect. You still got you still got a lot of information. Right. You still like you still got you still make you still like you you came to do what you were supposed to do. Like and Derek Washington for him to organize that and like do that for the city, like really at no cost. Like you know, what I'm saying? like um, I remember he was doing it on the north side. I remember he was doing it on the south side. I remember he did it downtown at at what it used to be called 618 and yeah. all of that so like and I remember all of that stuff it was just like it's like and it was like he he really like he really did his thing he really made his mark on the city and like and it's apparent because like it's obvious because because people because people like everybody like everybody has a D-Watch story mm-hmm. everybody has a different watch story like it, it, like 
like and he was like it's like you, you he's one of those people who was like he's one of those people where if somebody said something bad about Derek Washington you didn't think bad you didn't, you didn't look at Derek Washington for crazy you looked at that person crazy like, you know you know they lying you know you know Derek Washington ain't done nothing wrong to nobody mm-hmm. ever but like so with that, it's like that's why I was like, man, I was like, I, I definitely had my moment, man. I was like, when I saw that, when I saw when I got when I saw that news, I, I first saw from the sun. I was like, man, I was like, I had my, I definitely had my moment, man. I was like, dang, man. Yeah. It's like it's kind of it's one of those things that it just crept up on everybody and nobody, you know, like a lot of people I know didn't know, like a couple of people I knew, knew but I didn't. I myself and a, few, a lot, a lot of people didn't know, so. So, um, but yeah, de- yeah, definitely, like, rest in peace to Derek Washington. She was like, he's one of the people that that's going to be truly, truly, and sorely missed in the city. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to Derek Washington. Um, there is an episode of Established 1984 where I just took like 15 minutes and just thank Derek for his contributions and, and talked about how I missed him and what he meant in my life. And to your, to your point, he, you know, Derek, uh, Derek wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I, I, I had even said that you know, in situations with me, like we had a business relationship that kind of went left. But even in the midst of that, like you'd be so mad at Derek, like, golly, Derek, I mean, in this fucked up situation, da 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 da. And then Derek would call you the next day, and you'd be like, man, what you want me to do, Derek? <laughs> what you want, man? Yeah, I'm gonna do it, man. Yeah, I'll be over there. You know that's just that's always how it was, man. So, love the sons. He had a, he has well, he has a great family, man. And it, you know it's just unfortunate that that gone much too soon, man. And he, he'll, he'll definitely be missed by the entire city there, because as was said on um, on the, the last episode, uh, there's no one to replace the void of Derek Washington. There, it just you know you just have to sit there and kind of look at that void for what it is because it. That nobody can replace him. Nobody. Right. That's unfortunate though, but yeah. you know, that's that's life, I guess. Yeah. Now, um, before I let you go, I gotta ask you if uh, if all of this ended today and you had to get a perspective on how you wanted, you know, your legacy and people to view you and what you wanted people to say about Terrence Tyson, what would you how would you want to be remembered and what would you want people to say? I would want I would just want people to say like the man he worked really really hard like he was like he was like he really did his thing like he really made like he really I, I, of course I want to be remembered as the best but at the same time it's like I want to be remembered for making a difference like I want like like when there was, when there was no when there was no market for uh a photographer to get paid to come to the club and cover parties, take take photos at parties. I want to be remembered as that person that created that market well, in my city at least. So, um, mm-hmm. I, like, I just like I mean, when there, when there was no way, you know, I just want to be that person that that you know that you look to and be like, yo, when there was no way, create a way. If there, you know, if there is no path, create a path. Like, you know, just like you know, just really. Like, you know, don't don't let anybody stop you. It's like you know, so it's like I just like yeah, that's how I want to be remembered. Like I just want to be remembered as the, the person that made something out of nothing. Okay. 
Hopefully, hopefully inspire a couple of people. 100%. You're definitely an inspiration to many. I think that this is a great podcast because there's so many, I think there's so many different lanes in the industry that a lot of people, uh, you know, don't immediately think about like, okay, there's somebody who's providing that service and getting paid for it. You know, everybody often just thinks about, you know, being a rapper or, or, or being a performer. And there's so much more to the industry and there's so many different ways to kind of make your mark and be successful in the industry whether that's a club promoter whether that's a photographer whether that's a curator whether that's a producer uh, I mean there's, there's so many different roles you know so right I just wanted to and take people, some time people, go ahead but it's it's only the, it's only the roles that get the most exposure those are the ones that like people go after the most because like, that's what they can see right but it's like but it's, <laughs> but yeah it's like the the whole like as far as like Man, it's, it's like like you said, man. It's like it's it's a thousand and one roles you can you can fill, and if you, if you want to be in the music industry, it's a thousand and one things you can choose from. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to limit it. You don't have to limit it to audio, visual, performing. You know, whatever, whatever. It's like it's a hundred million things you can do, and it's like and it's like it's really like. And if there, and if you see something missing, create like create that role. If you see something missing, fill that void. Yeah, right. You no, know, create because there create was no role. there was no social media construct. You know. 10 years ago where someone got paid to do those things now that's a role that pays six figures a year depending on you know your level of ability to provide eyes to people's social media platforms and you know it's just it's amazing how the world has grown and it's because of people like you and your influence and your contributions that that allow for young people who maybe don't know that they that they have a you know a, a variety of places to go in this genre um it, it, it gives them a perspective that they maybe wouldn't have had before so i just wanted to get you on the podcast man you know give a little bit of history and then also just uh just showcase you and thank you man for your many contributions to to this industry and to jacksonville as a whole and I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate it. Like, thank you a million for having me. No problem, man. Just before I let you go, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you if they're interested in your services, they're looking for mentorship, or just, you know, need some perspective on, on the industry or how to get in, maybe from, you know, the role of what you but, do. But any of those things he just said, like, just go to my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. It's all at Terrence Tyson, T E R R E N C E T Y S O N. All right. All all at Darren Tyson. All right, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you, man. Now, if you guys are looking to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on the email, EST1984 at gmail.com. Same thing for the Instagram. If you want my personal Instagram, it's at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You can also check out the personal website. Uh, it's going to be getting updated soon. Um, that is www.brandonkobejacobs.com. Man, it's been a privilege of mine. You've been listening to Terrence Tyson. I am Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and this is the Steph's 1984 podcast. Take care.